All right, so about five years ago, God started leading me towards law enforcement. Um, at that time, I never would have thought or imagined that I would get this opportunity. Um, just want to throw in a plug for God's will, young people, older people, everyone. If God is leading you somewhere, it might not make the most sense to you, but he's going to give you special opportunities to serve him that you never would have imagined. Um, as Dr. Mitchell said, and it kind of hit home with me, don't find something you want to do and ask God if he's okay with it. Find something God wants you to do. And he'll, he'll, make, he'll make sure you love it. I, I promise you that. Um, I don't feel like I'm the most qualified person to be up here. Uh, I've seen a lot of you interact with people, talk to people. You can, you can do it much better. Um, but a couple months ago, I was approached by my dad, Pastor Mitchell, um, kind of combined, just asked if I could throw something together. There's been a big emphasis lately um, on de-escalation in law enforcement. It's the advent of cameras, everything goes online. It's more in our best interest to handle something professionally and well, um, that way we're not off the news and not getting sued and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a big emphasis on that. Over the past four years that I've been involved in law enforcement, I've had to learn so much about it, sometimes the hard way. But I'd like to take a few minutes tonight just to share a few basic building blocks with you all um, that are applicable to ministry and specifically children's ministries. But as I was going over the notes and uh, talking with my dad a little bit, just it's applicable for all of us. If we deal with people at church, whether it's bus ministry, ushers, bus captains, Sunday school teachers, whatever, or you just see some kid running down the hallway, some of this is absolutely applicable. And hopefully, you know, I can step aside and you can learn something uh, from, from God's word and uh, from tonight. But before we get rolling too much, let's go ahead and say a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for using us in spite of us, Lord. Um, I know I'm undeserving to be here, but Lord, pray that you would use your word. i uh, use some of these lessons that you've taught me to help some of your people out. Lord, may I say what you would have me say, nothing more, nothing less. And we'll give you the honor and glory for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. So unfortunately, sorry, it's not going to be uh, cop story time. They're fun. I like telling stories. If you want to hear a good story, go see Seth. He has plenty. Um, he's going to hate me. All right, here we go. Proverbs chapter number 13. I want to springboard it with some scripture. De-escalation works because it is a biblical principle. De-escalation doesn't work because some psychologist somewhere came up with this idea. The principles work because it's in the Bible. I've seen it work. Um, from everything from talking people off of bridges to talking people into jail. You say, how do people talk themselves into jail? It's easy. You say, hey man, what happened? And they know if they tell you what happened, they'll go to jail. But if you handle something well, you can talk them into jail. So there's, um, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> but, um, and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you, you know, ask them what happened. They're like, no, I'm not talking. I played the fifth. Right, well, I guess we're done then, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, as I got to thinking about it, the Lord kind of laid some verses on my head. There's, on my heart, there's so many verses that deal with our attitudes and our actions. I'm going to quote this later. Depending on what study you look at, between 70 and 93% of what we say is not verbal. It's all nonverbal. So that only leaves, in some cases, only 7% of the words you say that get across. So it's not necessarily what you say, but how you say it that's the most important. So we're gonna, I'm going to try and roll through some verses, then we can get to some stuff here. Proverbs chapter 13. I don't know if I said that. Proverbs 13, verse 10. The Bible says, Only by pride 
cometh contention, but with a well-advised, there is wisdom. Um, we'll get back to that. Proverbs chapter 16, a couple pages over. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 18. A lot of these verses don't really need a lot of explanation. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Skip down to verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. If we handle a matter wisely, not foolishly, not with pride, we're going to find good. And that's what we want in our ministries when we deal with people. Uh, Flip back a page, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. These next couple of verses really really kind of hit some things home with me. Uh, Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words... Stir up strife. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Then, quickly over to James. James chapter 1. And this all kind of ties together. James chapter 1. I'll give you guys a second to get there. I knew ahead of time, so I bookmarked it. I cheated. James chapter 1. Very familiar verses, verses 19 and 20. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. How often have I found myself being slow to hear? You're going to tell this kid or whatever that they're wrong. You're not going to listen to them. Quick to wrath and quick to speak. You're, just, you're going to say what you have to say. Sit down, shut up, listen. It's easy. But if we are swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because we know that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We need the righteousness of God in order to serve God as we ought to. If we don't have de-escalation, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say we can't serve God like we're supposed to. So I don't think this is just something that, you know, if I get it tonight, great. If not, no big deal. I'll be okay. I think this is something that's, the more I set it out in the scripture, and you can go through wrath, you know, there's so many verses that deal with our actions and how we deal with others in the Bible, but I don't have near enough time to get all that. So let's get into some practical, some practical things, some things that we can do, um, some things that you might try, things that I've tried, I've seen other people do. Uh, Brother Todd Wright, I learned so much from him. I was on bus with him for many years. He could talk to anybody. He'd find a kid running through the hallway. He'd be like, hey, bud, come here. I just talked to this kid for 15, 20 minutes. He wouldn't tell me his name, his body, none of this. He'd be like, hey, come here, sit. What's your name? And he'd tell him. And I just, watching him work with these kids, I've learned so much from him. And there's a lot of you um, that I've, I've picked up different things from. Um, but I just want to kind of roll through some, some things here. If you're taking notes, I apologize ahead of time. I always hated when people had charts. I hated charts taking notes because you don't know how much space to leave if you wanted to compare and contrast charts. I, again, I cheated. I have a chart because I use Word. Um, I don't know why I showed you because you can't see. But either way, <laughs> we're going to start. I have uh, five things. Some of them run together. Um, the first thing so we have on the one side don'ts, and the other side of our chart, we're going to have things to do. The first thing we do not want to do is name-calling. Now, I understand you might not know every kid's name that rides your 
that rides you know, somebody else's bus. Especially at the beginning of the year, right after the classes change over, I have no clue. I just worked all year to learn 50 names maybe, and I got most of them right, and now I have a bunch of new faces of little kids that tell you their name, and you, look, you turn around and you say, what was that again? I do not know, right? So I'm not saying, you know, you can't say, hey, bud, hey, little man, whatever, however you want to, whatever you want to say. I'm not saying that. But when you say, hey, dummy. Now, can you say that to a kid? You absolutely can, right? It's, it's easy sometimes. You get frustrated. But if you go over and say, hey, dummy, what are you doing? Well, all of a sudden, he's going to get all uptight. He's going to get upset at you. So now instead of listening to you, he's just going to be mad at you, which doesn't help you at all when you're trying to work with him. Um, it reminds me of um, this second verse. No. Third verse we read. Proverbs 15, verse 2. says, The mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. When you just open your mouth and you just start talking and talking, and you don't know what to say, so you're just going to say things, it's foolish. It doesn't work. So, don't name call. Try and use their name. Now you say you don't know the name. But I have a couple tricks that I've learned to help um, remember the name. Now I'm going to give Brother Ramos a secret away. If you know anything about Brother Ramos, he knows names. He cannot see somebody. He'll meet somebody once. They'll come into church 10 years later. He'll be like, Brother so-and-so. I don't know how he does it. I was talking to him the other day. I'm going to give away your secret, brother. I'm going to give away your secret. It's convicting to me. I asked him, how do, you, how do you know everybody's names? He's like, well, if I meet somebody... I try and write their name down, get their phone number if I can, and I pray for them. Convicting. <laughs> but it works. So I need, to, I need to work on that. So that's his trick. Uh, I'm still working on it. But something else, uh, I picked this up from one of the SROs, the school resource officers in the high school. There's thousands of kids at Portage High School. He has no way of knowing every kid's name. However, in order to be effective in his job, he has to be personable. So he has to treat that kid like they're best friends. So he'll go up to somebody, and they'll start talking to him, and they'll have this big issue, and they're like, oh, you know, officer so-and-so, I have this problem. And he'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, what's your name again? And they'll be like, you didn't know my name was Jack? And he's like, no, no, I know your name is Jack, but what's your last name? <laughs> ah, see? See? So you can use that if you want. You can use that if you want. I've, I've definitely used it a couple times. Another one, and this one, this one I like. So a lot of times we, I know who the bad kids in third grade junior church are. And oftentimes, I know who their bus captain is. Sometimes it's the same bus captain. Just, you know, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to do that tonight, you know. But, you know, it's like, who's bus? Are you on, are you on so-and-so's bus? Ah, I thought so. I thought so, yeah, yeah. Um, but here's a, here's a trick that I, that I kind of found that works sometimes for me. We all have phones whether you tell your kids to turn your phone off or not, what I do is I pull out the phone out, I'm like, who's your bus captain? Sometimes they don't tell me, I look at their hand. Sometimes I guess, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. I figure it out eventually. Once I do, I'm like, all right, I'm going to use Mr. Schrock because he's my bus captain. He's not here. He's on guard, isn't he? Okay, good. I can talk about him now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'll pull out my phone, I'm like, I'm going to text Mr. Schrock. All right? You want me to text Mr. Schrock? He knows your mom, right? Who do you stay with? Your grandma? Okay. All right. You want him to talk to them? No. What's your name? How do you, I, I, well, I won't say that. I'll say, how do you spell your name? Right? It's a, it's, a, it's a fair enough question. You're showing them respect. You want to spell their name right when you talk to their bus captain. I have no clue what this kid's name is. I will after, after I found out, I'm like, hey, 
how do you spell your name? They'll spell it. I'm like, okay. Then I'll pronounce it. Sometimes they do it wrong on purpose, and they're like, no, Mr. John, it's not that. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, am I actually going to text their bus captain? Probably not. Sometimes I do. But they're hopefully in church with their phone off and, you know, all that. But those are a couple things that if you don't know their name, it's, some, it's an easy way to remember their names, but also to, to get their name without acting like you, have, you don't care about these kids. Because I know all these, um, most of the teachers, I say most of the teachers, all the teachers care about the kids. We do. But, I'm, but names, I'm terrible with names, just in general. A couple things that have helped me, um, I need to get rolling. All right, here we go. That's the first thing, name calling. Second thing we do not want to do is accusing. You don't want to start telling this kid all, everything they did bad, or, you know, why were you, and just start throwing accusations their way. Now I'm going I'm to give the flip side of that. It's best to ask what happened. It's best to pull the kid aside. If you can, sometimes you can't, but if you have enough workers, pull the kid to the back of the classroom or like right into the hallway, leave the door propped, whatever, and say, what happened, bud? What's going on? And that right there is going to give them an opportunity to give their side of the story. Now, their side of the story is going to be their side of the story. You talk to the other kid, it might be vastly different. But if you start sitting there accusing them, first of all, they don't feel heard. So they're going to clam up. They're not going to listen to you. When they have an opportunity to be heard, they're much more willing to work with you and help you help them be good. So if they, if they say, oh, Mr. John, he's on my side. He wants to help me. Now if I say, hey man, I'm trying to help you. Can you help me out? I just, I have a seat for you. You're not, you're not in trouble right now. Well, I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. Let's sit right here. Can you do that for me? Yeah, yeah, Okay, cool. Now if I pull him out of class, why are you talking? You're talking when I'm not talking. I might have seen all the kids around him, but I, everybody's had that. Why are you talking? I wasn't talking. They were talking. They were talking to so-and-so. Don't accuse. What's going on? I see a bunch of people talking. You talk, what's going on? And they'll snitch on their friends, yeah. But usually you can get them to admit that they're, that they're talking. So that's another thing. Um, but the verse, you know, out of the mouth of fools, pour without foolishness. If you just take them out there and just start, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Sometimes we don't know everything. It's okay. Um, don't talk down to them. Don't, we, we are in a place of authority as teachers, as adults, when we're working with kids. Um, a lot of times dealing with teenagers, you feel like you have to assert authority. Does that what some teens respond to? Sure. But I've found more often than not, if you can approach him, unless circumstances don't allow it, if you can approach him more on their level, using, pardon the, the term, but using positive words. Hey, bud, what's going on? I want to help you. Can I help you? Like, what's, what's up? Being more of a, of a positive, not talking down, like, why are you doing this? You know you shouldn't be talking. Um, I, this is later written in my notes. Um, but if you can figure out what the problem is, it helps, you, it helps give you a solution. A lot of times I'll pull a kid out. He's being bad. He's always bad. But he's being worse today. I'll pull him out like, bud, bud, look, what's going on? Oh, man. I'm like, did you not sleep last night? Were you up late watching YouTube? Yeah. Or, hey, do you take, med do you take medication? Yeah. Did you take it this morning? No. Okay, now we have our issue. But when you start talking to them, not just, why are you, you're talking, you shouldn't be talking, you know you shouldn't be talking, you come every week, I work with you every week, you're bad every week, why are you bad every week? You need to work harder. Is that helping them? Is that helping you? 
No, because now, you're, now they're just going to go back and be bad because they don't like you, right? So try and use those positive words. Find the issue of the problem they're working with and try and address that. Now you can't tell them to go take a nap. But what you can do is you can encourage them. You can say, hey, you, you didn't sleep, right? No, I get that. I'm tired too. Last, I, midnights last year. I was like, well, I didn't sleep at all last night either. I'm tired. I get it. Can you help me out though? Yeah. I just want you to go sit in the back. We're not going to talk to nobody. If you doze off, I don't, I'm not going to bug you too much, but just I want you to be quiet, okay? Okay. Little things. Um, I'm going to kind of lump the next two together. Uh, the next don't is telling them they did nothing wrong. Don't, don't validate them. Now, I'm going to roll that in the next one. Don't validate their actions. Don't say, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. Or that, I saw that. That was all their fault. Does it make you the good guy for a little bit? Sure, but it also cuts your feet out when you try and tell them to do better. Because if they did nothing wrong, why are they going to do better? And if you're pulling them out in the hallway for getting into some sort of, you know, yelling match or shoving match or whatever it happened to be in class, and if you say, oh, you didn't do anything wrong, they were talking to you, that's their fault, but then you tell them to be quiet, it doesn't make sense to them. So as opposed to that, explain why they did what they did was wrong. Well, he was talking to me first, Mr. John. I get that. But we're not supposed to talk back, are we? No. Okay, if he's talking to you, you know what you can do? What? Come talk to me. Raise your hand. He's talking. Can I move? Sure. And then explain how they can do better. Um, just like that. Just next time. Next time this happens, this is what I want you to do. Now, you're going to tell that kid the same thing a dozen times. You know, everybody gets offended. Some kid's going to make fun of them, kick their chair. They're going to cry throw their Bible, throw their chair, and you're going to do that in three weeks again. But I'll pull them out and say, what's going on? They're kicking my chair. I get that. That's annoying. It'd be annoying for me. So instead of saying, we can't just throw chairs. Why are we throwing? I'm like, look, man, I get it. You're frustrated, right? Yeah. Next time, raise your hand. If I don't see you, come talk to me. Who's the teacher? You are. Okay. Who can kick them out of class? Who can move them? You can. Come help me, okay? Okay. Send them back into class. For the next couple weeks, he'll remember that, and then after that, you'll have the same conversation. Um, but just that's, so there's a few things, do's and don'ts, uh, to try and remember. Um, and here are some more, like I mentioned at the beginning, about depending on the statistic you read, between 70 and 93% of what we say is nonverbal. So it's how we say it. Um, there's a lot of things that I've seen people do well, and there's things that I've seen people that I'm like, ah, oh, don't know if I would have done that or said it that way or whatever. So here's just a couple of ideas on posture, how we can posture ourselves when we talk to people. First thing I think is very, very important, get on their level. Um, I'm a tall person. I deal with third grade junior church kids. They are yay tall. If I was to go and start talking to them and doing this, what are you doing? What am I, I'm talking down to them, first of all. They're getting defensive. At work, we have people sit down. If we think they're going to be an issue, sit on, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Why? First of all, it's a, it's a kind of a defensive thing. If they want to swing at us when they're sitting down, they have to stand up and then swing. So there's that. But also, it gives us a, a place of authority and presence. If I come up and I start, you know, Brother Elio, I'm going to use you here. Now, if, I, if I'm talking to you like this and we're going to have a conversation, are you comfortable if I have a conversation with you like this? Would you rather stand up? Yes. <laughs> but that's with anybody. 
These kids are like that too. Now, imagine if the kid's standing up, or maybe they're sitting on a, on a line or on the chair, and then you go over and you're like, what are you doing? Guess what that makes them feel? They get all defensive. So what I, I, what I try and do best, I don't always do it. Hey, what's going on? Get on their level. You're coming down, you want to hear. Now they're going to tell you this is what's happening. It doesn't always work. If they're sitting down, pull up a chair next to them. Sit down. Hey, what's going on? It works sometimes. Now, and I'm, I'm going to put this disclaimer out. This doesn't always work. It doesn't. But if you start here and you go through the steps, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you, go, if you start on the other end of the spectrum, it's never going to work. You're never going to get these kids to, to work with you. They're just going to go to the counseling room every week. Lower your tone of voice. The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Don't yell at them. Your voice should dictate where the conversation is. They might be in the hallway yelling. Does that mean I have to yell? No. If I have something to say and they're yelling, when I start talking quieter, guess what they're going to do? Automatically, it's human, it's instinct. They will talk quieter in order to hear what I'm saying. Now you get that one kid, I get it. He's going to yell and scream, and he's going to try and drown you out. This doesn't work there. But as a whole, at work, I've run into, plate, into houses, people screaming everywhere. You've got to yell at first, get over there, get in the kitchen, whatever. And they're trying to yell across you, hey, 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 hey. To where you're almost whispering, then they listen. What's going on? Oh, no, 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 just, I'm right here. Let's, I'm right here, please don't shout. Let's just have a conversation. That takes the whole conversation, their energy, takes it all the way down. Super helpful. Um, be open. Don't stand there. What are you doing? You know, it's intimidating. Be open. Hey, bud, what's going on? You know, you, if you pull up a chair, you know, you sit down, and you're like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's happening? When you lean forward, you're interested. If you, if you kneel down and you're like, hey, hey, I want to I talk to you. What's, what's going on? Lean in. Now they feel like they're heard. They just don't think you're just over here trying to figure something out. You're not some detective trying to determine who's right and who's wrong. You're Mr. John or whoever trying to be on their side. Little things that help. Listen. The Bible says we're supposed to be swift to hear. So when you ask them what's going on, now when they start giving you your life story, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. I get it. Your sister's mean, 100%. I get it. I got two. Help me out. What's going on today? And they'll tell you. But listen, hear them out. They have a reason for acting out. They don't just act out. They have a reason for it. And whatever that reason is, if you can figure that out, we, we touched on that, it helps tremendously. Because then you can address that. Hey, next, next week, do me a favor, try and go to bed a little early, okay? It would, nobody likes being crabby, right? No, okay. All right. Don't crowd their personal space. Don't get in their face. They're just going to get defensive. A lot of these things, if you... If you do this, you're going to relax the situation. You're going to relax them. But if you get in their face, I mean, again, all these things, I'm thinking I'm applying this specifically to junior churches, but all of us can be here in the auditorium, ushers. Maybe it's some bus kid that you don't know, some bus teen has an attitude. Instead of, hey, take your hood off. Does it work? Sometimes. Sometimes. Maybe go, there's usually, 
you know, six, row, six seats on one side and six seats on the other because, you know, they don't want to sit by nobody. Go sit down. Hey, bud, can you do me a favor? Just take your hat off for me. Okay. Doesn't always work. It does sometimes. It works better than take the hood off. You know what? I'm going to help you take that hood off. Okay, well. <laughs> that also works, but we're also having more issues there. A um, couple side notes. I am running out of time. Here we go. Don't promise anything. Um, don't tell them, I'm going to do, if you don't, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to do, and tell them something you can't do, legally, <laughs> or otherwise. I'm like, if you, I'm going to, don't, don't tell the kids that, but don't promise them anything. Don't say, hey, if you sit, if you sit good, you know, I'm going to give you a quiet seat prize. Well, because they're going to sit as good as they can, and when they don't get a quiet seat prize, what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to have a meltdown, or they're going to be mad at you. Hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to watch you, okay? I might not give out the quiet surprise today, but if you sit good, I'll get you something. It could be a quiet surprise. It could not be. But remember to get them something. But don't promise them something specific. Just say get them something. I've given kids two liters. I was like, hey, if you can sit good for five minutes. Five minutes. I'm going to have a watch. Five minutes. I'll give you two liters. What do you want? Coke? All right, I got you. Terrible kid for five minutes. I didn't hear a peep out of him. Best five minutes of class that day, right? <laughs> I brought him a two-liter. It was like two weeks later, but I brought him a two-liter, right? Um, whenever, you, whenever there's an incident, they're going to focus on somebody else. They're going to say, they're the problem. I get it. Touch on it. Acknowledge that, okay, I get that. Let's, let's talk to them. Because in their mind, they're the only ones getting in trouble, and they weren't the only ones causing an issue. They know their friend was, too. Uh, I get it. Who's your friend? I'm going to talk to them. I got you. I'll, I'll make sure. I'll talk to them. I'll figure this out. But we're talking with you right now. Can, can we... Can we talk to you? What's your side? Things like that. Uh, something else in the academy. Brother Amos, you're going to like this. It's an acronym. Right? I think, yes. It's, it was WIN. W-I-N. stands for what's important now. It's always changing. It's this constant changing thing. What's important now? It's a question that, you know, you don't consciously ask yourself. But if you keep going through this, this process, let's just say a kid is bad. You take him out of class. Well, let's just, he's bad in class. What's, what's important now? Well, what's important in class is that kids listen. If he's distracting that, what's important now is that we remove him from class, either to calm him down, to get him back into class, or to get him to his bus captain to the counseling room. So you take him out of class. You sit there. What's up, junior? Hey, I get it. He doesn't want to listen to you. Now he starts running down the hallways. Well, what's important now? Well, making sure we keep an eye on him, obviously. Now, if he starts throwing open doors and cussing out kindergartners, well, what's important now? <laughs> Stopping that, right? So this is always changing. Well, let's say we're getting him a ride home, and he wants to walk the hallways. What's important now? Getting him the ride home. Can a car pull to the back doors? Does he have to be at the front circle? Because that's where you told your worker? Not necessarily. Because probably, how'd you tell your worker? You picked up your phone, you called him. Hey, can you meet me? Can you grab a car? Meet me by the front, by the flagpoles. Okay. And now we're, we're having this big issue with this kid trying to get him to the front flagpoles. He doesn't want to go there. But we have, we have to get him there. Why can't we pick him up from back where the buses drop off? Now, I don't want to step on Brother Bishop's toes because I know he likes nobody going back around there. But within reason, we can drive a car to pick people up. And if there's, if there's a little request that they want, something that you can do, 
if they don't want to leave church without their little sibling or whatever. I can understand that. I get it. Don't just say, no, we're not grabbing your sibling. You get in the car, you're going home. Why can't we grab their sibling? What's important? Getting them home. And if we can do that with them being okay with of their own accord going home, let's do it that way. It's a lot better for everybody involved. If they're like, we want our, my little sibling going home. Great, they'll come back next week. Have them, have them go home. All right, I'm using too much time here. All right, um, don't wear your feelings on your sleeves. These kids are going to push your buttons. If you wear your feelings on your sleeves, you will get your feelings hurt. Don't take what they say personally. You're going to be the, just as much of a person, a human being. Um, usually this is a guy problem. You're going to be just as much a man on Monday if this little kid says your teeth are crooked or your breast stinks. Trust me, you're going to be okay. Don't do what's so easy to do and just start pouring out foolishness because you're going to get back at them. I've been on scene at work where the officer and the person that's in handcuffs are literally having this kindergarten grade insult match. Like they are hurling insults back and forth like no other. I'm enjoying it. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's very entertaining. However, is it a bad look for the officer? 100%. I don't really expect too much of the guy in handcuffs because he's a, he's a criminal anyway. But it's not a good look for the officer. Don't be like that. Don't be starting an insult match with kids. They might win. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> All right. In conclusion, real quick, um, there's, just, there's some things to think about, some things to say. I think uh, de-escalation is in the Bible. I believe we use some verses, and there's, I encourage you to do your own study on our actions and how we're supposed to treat people um, and deal with people and talk to people. But to close, just Romans chapter 12, I was sitting, I think, Pastor Mitchell, Pastor Armacost, Sunday night. Um, went through this passage, I believe, real quick. Either way, it jumped out to me. And I don't know about you, sometimes we're in a, in a Bible passage and I kind of start reading and keep reading. And I'm like, oh, he's still talking up there. My bad, he stopped reading. I do it. Um, and it might have been one of those situations, but this hit me on Sunday night. Romans chapter 12, verse number 18. The Bible says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Drop down to verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. A lot of these attitudes that we deal with in class, sometimes we combat them with those same attitudes. Don't be overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. And if at all possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Thank you.